Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, August 22, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a pretty big down day followed by another down day from Friday. So let's pick apart the daily chart and beyond. Let's give an assessment of where we are what the likelihood of the next larger move is, where we are in time, can we expect a collapse from here, is the market at an important area slash support zone, is there another new high in our near future? We're going to answer all those questions and more in this particular episode. Let's date back to some of the videos last week where we were talking about a specific number, and the number was a flare up in the air, kind of a warning signal if the market got below 420. Well, now the market's below 420. In fact, the market opened today below 420. So we have a flare up in the air. Let's give an assessment of where we are now. We're back inside the breakdown box. Is that significant? And the answer is, yes, it is. Why is that significant? Well, let's pick it apart. The high of the breakdown box was 417.44. Look where the market opened today. The opening print was 417.05, and the high of day was 417.23. So they tried to run a test of the high of the breakdown box in concept, and they fell away. So now they're back in the box. Is that a death sentence for the market? Is that a death sentence for the bulls? The short answer is it could be, but it's not necessarily yet. Let me explain that one. So 420 was an important number to keep the short-term uptrend intact. So they're below that. That doesn't mean the entire thing is over, but certainly the short-term trend has changed from going up every day to not going up every day. The question that we have to answer next is, is it still a garden variety pullback or is this the beginning of the big one? Let's review something that we go over all the time. Markets love to come back and run tests of former breakout and former breakdown areas. Okay, fair enough. We know that to be true because we see it over and over and over again. So what they've done now is they've run a test inside or back inside the breakdown box. If they ran a test of the high and shot right back up, that would be one tell of the tape. That would be a very bullish signal. That didn't happen. They got back inside the box, but that doesn't mean the party's over. It may be, but we're going to use other things to determine it. So let's do an assessment of what kind of happened throughout the day today. They got inside the box. They did not bounce up. They started leaking lower. So once they started leaking lower, what did that actually do? Well, what it actually did was open the door to fill the gap. The gap was right around 412, give or take. Depending on where you want to and how you want to measure the gap, how you want to identify the gap, it's 412 down to 411.50, something in that neighborhood. The low of day today happens to be 412.40. So what does that mean? Regardless of where you or how you measure where the gap is, they haven't got there yet. So the likely scenario is they're probably going to hit it tomorrow. The question is, do they bounce off of it on, and yes, it is, turnaround Tuesday, mind you. And at least from a short-term perspective, we're going to gauge the thing by whether or not they hold the gap 
or don't hold the gap. If they start coming lower, they're going to have to take care of some unfinished business down around 409. Then they're going to begin, if that happens, getting back beneath the bottom side of the breakdown box. So over here, if they start getting below that, all of a sudden, the party's likely going to be over. It's not over yet, even though it looks like it is. There was an email indicator situation today with many, many traders saying, the top is in, they're going to collapse, should we go short, all that stuff. And that may be true. We just don't know yet. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to get caught with your pants down. How would you get caught with your pants down? Well, let's fast forward to the end of this week. What's going on? We have what's considered somewhat of a kabuki theater type of event. What is that? They're in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Who's they? The Fed governors and all these other important people. And Jay Powell, the chair of the Federal Reserve, is going to give a speech. He's going to say something. Is he going to say that the party's over? Or is he going to try and calm the markets? He's generally a calm the markets kind of person. Does it really matter in the long run? And the answer is no. It doesn't matter in the long run. The market's going to have another leg lower. It's just a question of when and from where. Let's keep something else in mind. Labor Day is coming up in a couple of weeks. And then a couple of weeks after that is followed by a tinfoil hat event. Now, I'm not sure the market can stay up and rallying all the way through the tinfoil hat event around the third week in September. But what we're going to do from this point forward in the short run is gauge the market by what happens over the next day or so. If the market's not able to bounce and have or stage a turnaround Tuesday operation, there's going to be an increasing likelihood that the party on the upside may be over. Now, when we look at the weekly chart, we certainly have a situation where we're on an on-time type of situation. They came up short of that 50-period moving average, but here's what's going to happen. Over time, that moving average will move down, and it will look like they hit it, whether it's next week or the week after, and life goes on. We know they didn't hit it. They should have hit it under normal garden variety conditions. They don't have to hit it. My contention was, or still is, that they can hit it and they can spike it. Remember, let's put this thing in perspective, not necessarily from a day-by-day point of view, but from a little bit of a longer point of view. For this, we'll use the daily chart and we'll look at it from a different perspective. The market goes up and it pulls back. It goes up and it pulls back. Does the same thing and it pulls back. Goes up, goes sideways, goes up, and it pulls back. Now it's pulling back into what can be considered a breakout area, a former breakout area. The market gapped up. Now it's coming back to run a test and fill that gap. Maybe do it tomorrow morning. They missed it today. And by the way, if they just shoot up tomorrow and they leave the gap alone, for the short term, that'll be somewhat of a bullish sign. I'm not sure they will do that. They should fill the gap once they're in shooting distance. But this is certainly a breakout area. If we just use another box and we say, hey, isn't this a breakout area? The market ate time off the clock, and then all of a sudden just gapped up and went higher right into that moving average, the 200-day moving average. Now, they're coming back down to run a test of a former breakout area, fill the gap. 
So right now, as of today, believe it or not, even though the SPY was down eight and a half bucks, the S&P 500 was down 90 points today, it's still a garden variety pullback, working off some froth from last week during options expiration. Really the last couple of weeks, I should say. Look at it this way. There's the breakdown box. Here's around the middle of the breakdown box. So the market ran up here and it couldn't get through. So it ate time off the clock for a while and then it gapped higher. Now it's coming back to run a test of the same spot. Any way you want to look at it right now until it's not is normal garden variety market activity. Forget the amount of points. This is just how the market operates. If the market went up a lot and it's coming down to retest the most recent breakout area, and it happens to be somewhat far away from current price where it closed the day before, it is what it is. It still did the same thing. Came right back to test the former breakout area. Now, if we find the market down here and they start closing down here, we're gonna have to change our tune and there's gonna be something else developing which could be the beginning or have already been the beginning of the next leg lower. And that's fine. So what do you do when that happens? You sell the rips. They will bounce. They always do. And if they don't, we'll handle it accordingly. Now we'll slide over and take a look at what happened inside the numbers today. We'll see if any money was to be made today inside the numbers. Despite how the market acted, reacted, and finished the day, there's still profits being had inside the numbers. So we had a happy Monday. We were waking up with some serious red on the screen. They're getting hit at zero dark 30. So we'll keep things simple. 416.72 is an early pivot and line in the sand. Below 416.72 from a big picture perspective, and this is at zero dark 30, technically opens the door for 412. It doesn't mean they get there right away or even today, but the door would be ajar. Now check this out. They almost got there, didn't they? We had a price where a rescue operation could ensue. That didn't happen, so we don't have to worry about it. And there's your 420 again that we've been talking about day in and day out. So if they were going to try and rally, they would have tried to get back to 420. They didn't. Let's move along, see what else we have. So at zero dark 30, or just slightly after, we want to post up what the bigger picture is just so we have a refresher. So how many times have we seen this? They run a test of a former breakout or breakdown area. It either holds and they go back up or they get back inside the breakdown box and the short-term uptrend changes. So that's what we were talking about before. That's what inside the number members were reading at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Same routine. Now, inside the box, things begin to change. Running a test and getting inside for a day or so would be in the normal garden variety camp, meaning they can get down there today, they can spend some time down there tomorrow, but after tomorrow, it's showtime. They have to get back above that box if the bulls are gonna be in control. And here again, tomorrow is turnaround Tuesday. If today ends down and they don't turn around tomorrow, and I'm already telling you this, at 8.15 in the morning, same thing that I told you after the close. It might be all she wrote. So here's a pictorial, is that even a word? of that same scenario. And this picture was showing it before today's regular session activity. Let's move along, see what else we have. So 921, get out your sticky notes because here's where the trades happen. 416, give or take, should be initial support if reached sooner than later. Sometimes they come up short, other times they spike them through. 
If that doesn't hold, the backup number is 415 and a quarter. Either way, this is a zone where there should be a bounce back in the other direction. I will be a buyer at 416, give or take, and 415.25. If wrong, they continue down to 414, so that's an awareness type of thing. And here it is. This is a three-minute chart because I need you to see what actually happened. Right of the vertical is today's activity. First candle of the day opens here. Then they go right down to 416. The low is 415.97. They shoot right back up. 417.02 is the high. That's 10 S&P handles. Nice trade. Let's move along, see what else we have. So we're still looking for 416 as the market opens. They start slipping into the showtime zone. Then it's showtime. Then we get into the trade. Then a minute later, back up to 417, give or take, would be handy. Could take a little time. Meanwhile, nice rip on Coop. We'll get back to that later when we circle back to stocks on the move. So just so we're all on the same page, if they go lower, there's still a bounce coming. If they go higher, 417 is a good target, but traders should already have taken something before they get there if they do. Above 417.23 is where the bulls can begin another leg higher. And here's a five-minute chart. They never got back above 417.23. 417.02 was it, and they fell away the rest of the day. So we had one trade in the S&P early on for 10 handles. You let it go, and they drip lower the rest of the day for the most part. Let's move along, see what else we have. 9.44, there you have it. 417.02 against 417 target. The rest of the trade is trader's choice. You saw what happened. They came back down, so we just... Got the profit if you were holding a trailer, you had to stop out of it above break even because it became what? You got it, a risk-free, emotionless trade. So in terms of the SPY and stocks on the move, we had a nice day within the first 15-minute candle of the day. And we're moving along. What I'm going to do now is scroll up, read the notes, they're plentiful, go back to the charts, double check the work. You're going to get things like, hey, if they go down here and get below this, they're going to go to here. If they get above this, they're going to go to here. You'll see that stuff. It's helpful as a tour guide if you're trading actively in the market during the trading day. Read the notes, pause the video, go back and double check the work. How about this one at 11.40? Take a look at the hourly chart. They're starting to make a bearish, flaggish, slash wedgish pattern until they can get over today's high, there's another leg lower in their future. What happened? They had another leg lower. Here's the same hourly chart. There's your first down candle, couple of candles going sideways, and then they started lower. And we're moving along. Do the thing where you pause them, read them, and double check them. Stocks on the move. Four possibles today. Two hit their entry objectives. We'll take a look at those. We don't have to look at RCL and GameStop. They're off the board. They were no trades. The first one you saw was Apple. Apple came up short earlier in the day, tried to bounce away. By the time they hit the number, it's late in the day. Nobody's taking that trade. That's not in the manner in which we like. But you can see what happened. The numbers work. They found support around 167.65. They bounced around a little bit, tried to recapture it at the end of the day closed a few pennies below it. The numbers work. This wasn't a bona fide trade because it didn't do it in the manner in which. 
Koopa Software, on the other hand, did do it in the manner in which 6337 was the number on the board at zero dark 30. They came into it, they spiked it by a few pennies, reversed back in the other direction on a little bit of a rocket ride, making a high of 6540. And in new math and old math terms, that's about two bucks in a matter of minutes. Also translating to something north of 3%. Traders in the room got this one. Traders inside the numbers got this one. Jordan got this one. This was, as they say, nice trade. And again, it all happened in the first 15 minutes of the day. So guess what? Feet up on desk, waiting for the slap you in the face, have to have the next trade. If it doesn't happen, fair enough. You got two in your pocket, that's great. This is a business where we want to compound our results and not take undue risk. Once we have profit in the pocket, until something slaps you in the face, you don't have to be in another trade. I said that twice because it's that important. Sliding over to Camp IWM, what do we see here? Well, they got below and they stayed below the daily chart on the IWM. So that's definitely a negative situation. Negative for the bulls, positive for the bears. Again, doesn't mean the party's absolutely over yet. If you look where the breakout occurred, they've come back to retest the former breakout area. Even though it doesn't look like it, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though the media will say everything's falling apart, what they've done is normal garden variety market activity. Now, if they stay down, that's something different. If they bounce, we'll come back and say, what did they do? They came back down to retest, blah, blah, blah. That's the scenario. We could have done this one on the weekly chart of the SPY, but I didn't. So we'll do it here, and it also applies. Look at the weekly candle. So the low is 189.16. The reason I'm looking at that is because that's a weekly breakup candle. Are they going to run a test of the low of that candle, have it hold, and bounce back up? That's certainly a plausible situation. Come back to retest the former breakout area, retest the low of a breakup candle, and bounce back. That happens all the time, doesn't have to happen. We don't know what will happen, but you need to understand that it does happen a lot of the time. Looking at it from another scenario, this is a big time breakdown candle. The high is 190.94. It's a weekly number. They're inside of it now, however, isn't that also considered a breakout area? Again, we can look at these things six ways till Sunday, looking at it from a number of different angles helps you understand what the market's doing when you see the same thing on a daily chart, on a weekly chart, from a number of different angles. It helps to understand what the market's doing and where things go awry. So if in fact, the market broke out above the breakdown candle high, 190.94. That's where we were last week and the week before. Now they're coming back to run a test of that same place they just broke out from. Is it going to hold this week or is it not going to hold this week? Either answer will tell us the tale. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Looking at the daily chart and what jumps off the page, the first thing I see when this chart populates is the fact that they closed below a daily chart breakup candle low. Low is 14,650, they're below it now, so they're headed somewhere else. Weekly chart, 
We look for something important, and here we have a breakdown candle where the high is 14,615 and change. They're inside of it now, but that was essentially the last breakout area in the sequence from a weekly chart perspective. Close the week back inside of that, there could be trouble in paradise, hold that, and there could be another move to the upside. The Q people, pretty good thrashing today in the Qs, down 2.5%. They're headed for the 100 period moving average. Unfinished business down here at the gap, 314.33, give or take. Going over to the weekly chart, there's your breakdown candle high, 312.35. So you can see as long as they stay above this area, which is considered a breakout area, so coming back to run a test of this spot is normal garden variety market activity. So after looking at all this on a variety of different charts, has she done anything catastrophic just yet? We don't know that she will or won't in the near term. However, the short answer is nothing catastrophic has happened just yet. How about the financials? Now, this one looks slightly different. So let's take a look at this from a number of different angles. There's your breakdown box. And guess what? As we speak now, price is below the low of the breakdown box. Okay, well, we need to note that. It's a puzzle piece it's on the table. That's important stuff. What else we got? Well, how about this breakdown candle high? The high is 34.60. We're below that. There's an unfilled gap down here. The number is 33.84. Let's say they run a test of 33.84. If they start closing hourly and then daily below that number, that's going to likely be all she wrote. Right now, on close today, she closed at an important spot. We have a convergence of moving averages, the 20 rising and the 100 period sloping downward. The convergence stopped the tape today in terms of the XLF. We'll see if she opens below or can stay above it on Tuesday. Talking about thrashings, Smashmouth got thrashed today, opened below and kept going lower below the 100 period moving average. I think we talked about this last week. If she was going to fall apart, two and a quarter was a number. If we didn't talk about it, two and a quarter is a number on a give or take basis. Start closing below 224, for example, and there's going to be problems with smash mouth. What we also know is that we're in an all the same market type of situation, which means they're all going to move together. They all do move together, not to the same magnitude. While you had smash mouth get crushed, over 3% today, the S&P 500 was down less than 2%. Still a big down day, but we've got acceleration in terms of smash mouth, which is a pretty good proxy for the tech space. And oh, by the way, tech was down in terms of the Qs about 2.5% today. So everything got thrown out the window today. Before we wrap things up, I thought I would take a look at GDX. I get a lot of requests to look at GDX, so let's find out where we are. So they've come back to at least give the impression they're running a test of the most recent lows that were made. They didn't get there, but they're close. Now, if you remember when we were talking about GDX, and we talk about this one in the live room from time to time, I was looking for a lower number. They never hit my number. So let's say they run a test of the lows and they spike the lows. They're likely going to hit my number, and if they do... I'm likely a still willing buyer, and you'll probably see this one show up in the swing trade list. Now, what's the other side of not going lower than the most recent low, which is making a higher low and continuing up? That's a bullish signal. 
how do we know this thing is probably finished going lower? Where can we get that number where it's all clear on the upside? Nothing's ever all clear, but you know what I mean. What I mean is, what do they have to recapture to get the rest of the bulls on board? 26 bucks. It's actually slightly lower than that, but we'll round it up to 26 bucks. You start closing daily above 26 bucks, and the bulls are in town, and there's likely another leg higher, which should send price up to the 28.85 neighborhood. Put that on a sticky note. I would write that one down. Above 26 on close, 28.85 gets activated. And higher, by the way. That's just the first big-time stop on the way back up if they're going to do that. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast... Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.